Welcome to Building the Future, hosted by Kevin Horick. With millions of listeners a month, Building the Future has quickly become one of the fastest rising programs with a focus on interviewing startups, entrepreneurs, investors, CEOs, and more. The radio and TV show airs in 15 markets across the globe, including Silicon Valley. For full showtimes, past episodes, or to sponsor the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Arnita Johnson-Hall. She's the Chief Executive Officer at AMB Credit Consultants and Luxurious Credit. Arnita, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on the show. I, I think what you guys are doing is very important, and I think a lot of people have a lot of questions around all the stuff that you do. And actually, I had a past guest and current listener of the show actually reach out to me and request you be on the show. And so I'm really excited to have you on the show. And uh, obviously you have a bunch of fans out there that want, wanted you to be on the show. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So maybe before we get into all the stuff that we're going to cover today, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with uh, where you grew up. Okay, well, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, okay. um, born and raised okay, cool. all of my life, um, and I went to Kimber High School. Okay. Um, I grew up in a single-parent household for a very long time until my mother got married, Okay. and um, during that time, um, I wouldn't say, you know, we didn't have a civil spoon, of course. We was, you know, low-income um, and just trying to figure our way. One thing I always saw was how my mother paid bills. She always, you know, went to the dining room table, had all the bills and the calculator spread across and, you know, her bank and credit card statements. And I just always got that feel of learning how to pay bills. Um, But it wasn't until um, I graduated high school that I just knew the value of how credit worked. And once um, I graduated high school, my mother... Um, gave me a graduation gift of a 700 credit score. And she was able to do that by adding me onto her credit cards as, you know, an authorized user. Um, Uh, And outside of that, um, credit just became my life. But growing up, I've always had, um, you know, a pretty good, you know, household. Um, Reflecting now, I am married with four children. And um, I just <laughs> thank you. Um, newlywed, and it's 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 been something else, you know, having um, you know, two kids, you know, from a previous relationship, and right. then my husband having one, and then us having two together, and just you know, trying to maneuver everything, and you know, just being a mom all over again to twins of one. So wow. it's been pretty busy. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, you're busy. I, I have two kids, and it keeps me busy. So. Adding two more, I can't even imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's something, I can tell you. <laughs> it's just an adjustment, but it's worth it. So did you go to university at all, or, or walk me through that? Well, um, I graduated high school okay. back in 2000. Huh, I'm telling my age. Yeah, <laughs> but I graduated good. in 2000. And um, my mother kind of made us have that feeling of college isn't for everyone. Sure. So we kind of went into that fear that college just wasn't for us. Sure. So yeah, I didn't think of 
going to college until um, maybe eight years after I graduated. And I went to Northwood University in Cedar Hill. Okay. Um, did very well in college. What did um, you take, just out of curiosity? Um, I took, so crazy, fashion retail management. And I don't know why. Okay. <laughs> I am not into fashion. I'm not trendy. Um, but I guess it was the thought, you know, and then I went for business management, which I really liked. Um, but I started my business um, a year. Let's say I started my business A&B in 2007. Okay. And I dropped out my junior year of high, um, excuse me, my junior year of college. I dropped okay. out. Okay. So what exactly is AMB credit and, and how did you actually decide to, to go for it and create the company? Oh, well, um, AMB Credit Consultants is a credit consultant agency that is in the credit repair industry. Okay. I've been in business for over a decade. Wow, congrats. And That's huge. Thank you. And um, I am the first African-American female to generate over a million dollars um, in the credit repair industry wow, with AMB Credit Consultants. That's amazing. Thank you. And it, it is. It is. Um, and it honestly started with understanding how credit repair works, how credit consumer laws work. And I kind of went in being a credit consumer advocate. Okay. And then hence it drove me into, you know, starting my business. Cool. Um, my mother definitely taught us the importance of credit, but she didn't tell us that everything that we did, it would be recorded in a sense. Ah. And of course, our credit report. So um, just also learning that, you know, majority of our credit reports are inaccurate and not realizing that majority of the time, it's not that we're suffering from bad credit due to bad management, but oftentimes we are suffering from bad credit due to the inaccuracies that are placed on our credit report and us not knowing how to get that information corrected. Okay, so give me so, an example. Okay, so for an example, everything on your credit report from your creditors reporting information, your credit card companies, your auto lenders, your student loan lenders, um, your mortgage collection agencies, what have you, yeah. that information has to be correct within accordance to the law. The Fair Credit Reporting oh, Act states okay. that everything on your credit report must be accurate verifiable or reporting timely. If okay. not, that information must be either corrected or removed. That is the law. Okay. That that is the law. Okay. Now the issue with that is we consumers sometimes get confused and we assume that if the information is on our credit report is correct. We don't challenge that information. But we don't know how to. Sure. So that's where um, a and B credit consultants come in and that's where I come in and I use luxurious credit, which is a credit and financial literacy blog to educate people on how to do it themselves. Okay. And if they don't have the patience to do that, then they can hire us and we would do that on behalf of our clients. But we do a lot of, um, education and promoting their awareness because the thing to it is, um, the credit bureaus, they are for-profit companies such as Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, and they get paid 
by the people who report the information onto your credit report to pay that, I mean, to report that type of information. Also, they make money off of selling our credit reports. And of course, the more damaging our credit report, the more profitable it's going to become right. because they know that lenders are going to charge higher interest rates, want a co-signer, um, you know, higher or more collateral. So um, those are things that we try to get consumers to understand that, one, um, they do have the right to correct any inaccuracies on their credit reports. And if it isn't correct, it has to be removed from their credit report. That is the law. And then also show them how to actually do that. One of the biggest issues we found is people not even um, not even knowing how to read their credit report to even find such inaccurate information. So, okay. And these things aren't taught in school. Right. Um, it's not taught in college. It's not taught in life. So a lot of times, us adults, we feel embarrassed. We feel intimidated. Sure. And it's something that we feel ashamed of because we don't know it. So we just go through life, you know, paying bills, but not knowing anything about checking the the accuracy of our credit reports, and it's hindering us. We're walking into a society where credit is determined in almost everything we do, from having a nice job to getting security clearances uh, with the government to renting a vehicle to purchasing a home to doing almost anything that it's going to take for us to have a successful, productive life, our credit is going to be determined to some type of credit worthiness there to decipher the type of cars that we drive, the type of interest rate that we're going to pay, um, the type of homes that we're going to live in. And we all know, um, especially in, you know, communities where there is more minorities, where there is more poverty, um, you know, the credit report. Um, it just falls on the wayside because people just don't know how it works. And um, I just became very intrigued in learning um, how credit is truly a way of life. And we don't know anything about it. And um, for that reason, that's why I just chose to be an advocate and educate, um, you know, society on how credit really works. Okay. No, that that's great. I, I, I agree. I, I think it, it's crazy, and I would put myself in this boat, how little I understand, never mind the, the, the rest of the population, right? Like, I right. think I am a majority person, like you mentioned, that just understands it at maybe not even a basic level, right? And you're right. It's mm-hmm, not taught mm-hmm. in school. And the crazy thing, like, even writing a check isn't even taught in school. Something as simple as right. that. I know that's a little archaic now, but there's the the odd time that you need to write a check to somebody, right? And yes. sometimes yes. It's, it's it's not that hard, but if you don't know what to do, it, it can be a little daunting. And, and that's a very simple example. But I want to dive a little bit deeper into how does A&B Credit Consulting, consultant, sorry, and Luxurious Credit uh, work together or, or what exactly is different between them? You covered it quickly, but I want to dive I like deeper that. into that. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I think that's where people sometimes get confused uh, because people assume that luxurious credit um, also provides some type of 
service and and they don't. Okay. Um, Luxurious Credit is a credit and financial literacy lifestyle blog. That's gotcha. all it is. Okay. Um, now I do sell products, um, t-shirts. Um, I have a luxurious lifestyle planner. Okay. Um, I have a luxurious credit guide and of course the business credit guide, but honestly, luxurious credit is just truly an avenue for people to learn and read and take steps on how to take care of their credit and their finances. And AMB Credit Consultants is the company that provides the actual service. So, um, when I started Luxurious Credit, um, one thing about AMB Credit Consultants, when I started that company, um, you know, it was pretty broad, you know, very professional. And I was starting to get a lot of business to business relationships, meaning um, AMB Credit Consultants became uh, more targeted for realtors, you know, mortgage uh, brokers. Sure. So if they had clients who wanted to enroll in the program, they would refer them to me. But um, that wasn't really the way I wanted to brand my company. I really wanted it to be business to consumer. So I said, you know what? What is a way that I can get to, you know, people like me and share my story? And that's how Luxurious Credit came. Luxurious Credit was just basically um, an avenue to where I shared my own story, uh, my own personal credit and financial hardships and um, I just shared via my platform, my blog, and social media the steps that I was personally taking to get out of, you know, my credit and financial situation. And then from there, it just, you know, took off. But the only difference between the two is Luxurious Credit is a blog gotcha. and A&B Credit Consultants is an actual agency. Okay. And so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you talk about on Luxurious Credit, you give advice and and stuff around budgeting, business credit, credit cards, how to repair your credit, credit reports, mm-hmm. credit s- scores, lifestyle and investing. Is there anything else that you guys try to cover on on the blog? Um yes, we now we're trying to cover um retirement. Ah, um passing down generational wealth. Sure. Investing. Um we wanted to be this all around lifestyle thing. And it was something that I truly learned. I'm not sure if I shared if you're aware, but um, I am a welfare um, former recipient. I was on government assistance. And um, I just saw once my life started to scale, meaning, meaning, you know, being in poverty and then becoming um, lower class and going to middle class and coming, um, you know, upper class, those steps, in between, I learned so much. And I also started to understand that there are almost feelings there that you can bump that may prevent you from breaking through. If you don't have the mindset, education or resources to get you to that next class. And once I learned that, I began to share that via luxurious credit and then implement that for my clients who are enrolled in our AMB credit program. Um, I just assumed at one point of time, um, you know, it's just interesting how things work. Um, When I was on government assistance, I lived in a certain neighborhood and um, the education there 
in that, um, you know, in that neighborhood, my daughter wasn't getting the best education. And it wasn't until I learned that um, homeowners paid the school tax. That's how the teachers are getting paid. Interesting. So I decided to, uh, once I get, got my credit together, to move to another school district and to become a homeowner so that, you know, my children could have a better education. Sure. Um, the environment that I previously lived in, or should I say the uh, neighborhood I previously lived in, it were mostly apartment complexes in that area. Okay? okay. So it just all started to make sense to me. But of course, I didn't understand it until I got to that next class or until I got to that next level. And now um, where I am, you know, being an entrepreneur, having, a, you know, several successful businesses, being a multimillionaire, I'm now learning, okay, stop, uh, passing down, down generational wealth, um, insurance and think life insurance and, you know, how you can make your life insurance work for you. But I didn't, that type of information was not accessible to me on down, if that makes sense. So yeah. the things that I'm learning now, I'm going back and sharing that to those who possibly may never have had access to that type of information if they weren't, you know, where I am right now, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, no, no, that makes a lot of sense. No, no, that's awesome. Good for you that you not only, you know, achieved what you wanted to achieve, but you're giving back to others so they can do the same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I've, it's just amazing the things that I've learned and it, it sometimes seems unreal. Um, and I can tell you just even now at this current present time, um, where I was even three years ago, I'm nowhere near that space now. Um, but I believe that um, entrepreneurity and learning about credit and finances and how things work, uh, it just allowed me access and being able to use my credit as leverage to obtain the knowledge and resources that I have now and to know that it is honestly hidden in plain sight. And that's why it takes people to who have, who know the information to go back out and give it and, and get it and put it out there so that, you know, everyone can climb the ladder. Yeah, no, that's, that's really interesting. So you wrote a book. What exactly is the book about and why did you actually decide to write a book? Um, I have two books. The first book is um, The Luxurious Credit Guide. Okay. And that one is a do-it-yourself um, credit repair guide on how to check your credit report for inaccuracies and to um, start having that information corrected. And it is my own story, um, the, the letters that I've used or letters that I use for my clients, um, stories that I actually went through when it came to correcting inaccuracies on my credit report. And then just kind of breaking down um, in the most easiest um, engaging format possible for people who want to actually take the risk of repairing their credit. Gotcha. One of the things about credit repair is um, people think that it is by far the most difficult thing to do. And um, in all honesty, it is not okay. if you know what you're doing. Sure. Okay. Does it take um, like like if I sum if there's an inaccuracy on my credit and I submit to get it changed, how long does it actually take to get removed or corrected on my credit? 
Well, that is a very great question. And by law, the credit bureaus have 30 to 45 days to investigate okay. an inaccuracy or a dispute that you have. Okay. And they have an extra seven days to send you the results of that investigation. Okay. But here's where the problem lies. Not all the time do the credit bureaus actually investigate uh, your dispute. And not all the time do um, does the company that you are challenging that inaccuracy with respond as well. Uh, so okay. let's say, for example, let's say, for example, you have a um, dispute that's on your credit report let's say it's with a credit card company and the balance is incorrect you will file that dispute with the credit bureau and the credit bureau will contact the credit card company and say hey this consumer is stating that this is incorrect is it and that credit card company may come back and say yay or nay if they come back and say yes then the credit bureaus are going to complete that investigation and they're going to send you the investigation results saying that that credit card company said, yes, this information is correct. But what if it isn't? Then by law, you have the right to request or reinvestigation. And again, that may take another 30 to 45 days. So it's a lot of rebuttals, a lot of going back and forth. And you also got to keep in mind who the credit bureaus customers are it is not us the consumer okay their customer is the subscriber and that subscriber is the people that are reporting the information onto the credit report all right that's the credit card companies that's the auto lenders you know those are the collection agencies so again it's like um we're fighting almost this no ending battle because we are the consumers. However, I always tell people, if you do not know your rights, you don't have any. Interesting. All right? no, that's so, a good way to put it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and, and people assume, okay, well, it came back accurate. But if you know that it's not accurate, you have the right to challenge it again. There are states and attorney generals who are suing the credit bureaus for not correcting inaccuracies on clients or should I say consumers credit reports. I always tell consumers if there are inaccuracies on your credit reports that the credit bureaus are failing to correct, you have the right to file a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission, with the Attorney General's office, with the Federal, I mean, with the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. These are your rights. Your credit report is your credit reputation, and it deciphers so many things that we do on a day-to-day basis. Sure. It is vital that we ensure that the information that is being reported about us is correct. No, that makes a lot of sense. So what was the second book about? So the second book is to Get the Business Guide, okay. and that is a book for entrepreneurs or business owners who are looking to establish a business profile so that they can increase their chances of getting approved for business credit. Very cool. Okay. So walk me through a little bit of some of the subjects that you cover in in that book. Um, The business credit guide, it talks about not just how to establish your business credit profile, but the steps 
that okay. needs to be taken in order to do that. Just making sure that um, your business is filed correctly with the Secretary of State, that you have your business licenses, um, that you have your 1-800 numbers and the correct domains. For me, I realized very early I started my business with, you know, $200. Okay. And I can wow. tell you that it, That's great. it wasn't the easiest. Thank you. Um, but I honestly feel that if I established my business correctly mm-hmm. and lo- and more legitimate, then it would have been a lot easier for me to establish business credit uh-huh. and to understand that that business credit could have been used as leverage and capital to grow my business a lot faster. It honestly took my company, um, I would say, maybe seven years to get to that million dollar mark. And a lot of that is because the money that I was making in my company, I had to use that that same money to grow it, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense, yeah. I couldn't scale as as much as, as I would like. But or as fast as I would like. But now having the opportunity to um, obtain business credit, the next businesses that I'm now trying to grow, I can use that money to hire people to do the right. branding, you know, to yeah. put together the marketing yeah. campaigns and things to that nature. So I learned very on, um, you know, we're doing that. And just understanding and studying it, because I think one of the things that we get confused on, because I did. Business credit, business credit, you know, just apply for this business credit card and, you know, you should be fine. But then when you don't get approved, it's this big confusion on what did I do wrong. Right. And there were steps that needed to be taken in the far very beginning to make your business look credible to even get approved for that business credit in the first place. Let's say for an example, because I see this often. Um, people having a business but not registering their business with 411. Right. Or people having a business domain at mybusinessatweeks.com or at BitCartel right. or, you know, whom have you. Or um, another thing I see often is business owners who may have a home-based business and using their home address for the business. Uh-huh. Um you have to think of it in this type of sense. We as consumers, would we really want to do business with someone who didn't look credible, who yeah, didn't look legitimate? So we have to do the same, we have to do the same exact things that we see companies that we do business with every day. We got to make sure that our businesses are set up that exact same way. No. Makes um, sense. So that's pretty much, um, you know, how the business credit guide works and the information that's in there is to basically help um, business owners and entrepreneurs create their business credit profile so that when it's time to get approved for business credit, should I say when it's time to start applying for it, they already have all their T's crossed, their I's dotted, and their ducks in line. So once they complete that ap- um, application and once they go into underwriting with getting business credit, it increases their chances of getting approved because they have everything right there. Oh, very cool. That makes a lot of sense. So you're about to get into business coaching and mentoring. What exactly are you going to be coaching and mentoring on? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, 
I can tell you, starting my business, I had a lot of trials right. and errors. Sure. And I allowed, um, you know, I really paid the price for not knowing and for not doing business the right way, for not structuring my business correctly. Gotcha. Um, one of the things is, um, and I don't mind sharing my story, sure. um, starting out being a sole proprietor and not filing my taxes correctly. And then having someone who pretty much had a mom and pop tax company do my taxes. And I ended up being audited and having to pay over $108,000 in past tax and penalties for not um, filing my taxes correctly. Um, Some of the things that have happened in my business is um, not hiring, you know, qualified people. And um, just not structuring my business the way that it should have. So there was a lot of operation issues um, that I had to go behind and clean up. So um, from there, um, I just started, I started to mentor other business owners and other other entrepreneurs to teach them and show them how not to go the route that I did um, and and that I went. And so the mentoring and the business coaching that I'm going to do is definitely more um, um, brainstorming sessions with uh, my clients, teaching them how to scale in their business and to show them how to truly have a lucrative, profitable business that will be built off of stability. So that's something that... I'm excited about. Yeah, um, I learned a lot in these 12 years um, that I've been in business. And I can tell you that um, it's absolutely worth it. Um, being an entrepreneur has definitely paved the way for me to build generational wealth um, and have financial freedom. Sure. So to be able to show other business owners um, how to do it is indeed an honor. And I'm excited um, to start opening up and, you know, teaching others, you know, how to get it done and how to do it right. Very cool. No, I I think that's really great. So I want to get into some of the the questions that I got asked to ask you. And so let's start with maybe the first one. Um, What are some good ways to build and maintain business credit? Um, One of the best ways to establish business credit is through Uline. Um, Definitely getting net 30 account and you want to make sure that these net 30 accounts is going to report to a business bureau okay. um uline has been great for me um uline is basically a supply company you can order things from um another way to establish um business credit is through cellular services um okay you definitely want to make sure that you have your EIN number and your Dun and Bradstreet number. Both these numbers are absolutely free. Um, you can get your EIN number, of course, through the IRS, okay. and you can obtain your Dun and Bradstreet number um, via Dun and Bradstreet. And the best thing that you want to do as far as establishing business credit is to apply for accounts that are going to report to the business bureau. Okay. And then, of course, paying those net 30s or your net 60s or whenever that bill is due, make sure that you're paying it before the invoice is due 
um, instead of on the date that it's due. And of course, you don't want to, you know, pay after it's due because that's not going to have a good report. So definitely starting to establish business credit um, with a cellular service. Um, AT&T is good. Verizon is good. Sprint is also good. And then Uline. And then um, from there, just work your way up. But the best way to build is to get those net 30s and to pay them off well ahead of time. Makes a lot of sense. So what are some good tax write-offs for entrepreneurs? Well, of course, the best tax write-off are any type of um, operational expenses that you have. Okay. Um, and operational expenses or whatever it takes for you to operate the business, your domain, your 1-800 number, um, any type of cipher, um, software that you're going to use, um, any type of, um, let's say, the platform that you're going to run your business on or start taking payments from, um, your gateway fees. A lot of people don't think about, um, let's say, when you – you know, excuse me, charge or let's say you have a product on your website, let's say for Shopify. Shopify charges a fee for that. Okay. Um, That's an expense. Um, Another great expense is your own payroll. Um, I am a W-2 employee for the company that I own. I get health insurance. Uh, Um, My payroll is an expense. What I pay myself is included in the expenses. So I always tell, you know, entrepreneurs, add yourself to payroll. You're going to have to do that anyway for tax purposes. Make sure your company is incorporated okay. and you can start paying yourself. Another great way to um, for expensive is, is business coaching, um, taking business um, or professional development. Um, these webinars that you attend or these um, seminars that you go to to better your business, you can use that for tax write-off purposes. No, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious though, to know what about like writing off a car or parts of your home or, or, or things like that? Because I think that gets a little bit gray, right? Like if I running a business where I don't need to drive around the city to go meet clients, I can't write off my car, correct? That is correct. Okay. Um, now you may be able to write off the gas mileage, however. Okay. Um, how, how let's would that say be? that. Um, well, what you would do is um, calculate the mileage that you have. So let's say, for example, you're going to a meeting, okay. and that meeting, um, and you went and got gas or whatever, and you track that mileage. You would keep that receipt and write the mileage um, on that receipt, okay. and you would give that you know, to your accountant or bookkeeper at the end of the year when it's time to file your tax. I'm not gonna say the end of the year, let me take that back, okay. um, quarterly, all right? Okay. File your, um, put your taxes in quarterly. Um, you can get penalized doing it annually. So um, quarterly, uh, when you are filing your taxes, you would keep that type of documentation now, um, also, let's say if you have a home-based business and you use the internet yeah. um, or, or phone service, you can definitely um, use the text right from that. So basically what will happen is, um, let's say for me, example, before I had my own brick and mortar, yeah. I was in my home and my internet and my phone services, I was able to write off. But of course, my cable, I could not. Right. So what you would do is send that information over to your accountant, they'll break that down and then they'll be able to add that to an expense um even parts of your home um i believe don't quote me but i believe my accountant 
um, from ways and forming like maybe a certain square footage of that um, that is done for your home that can include that into like the home-based business or the office or what have you. Um, that's something that he helped me with. Um, his name is Ephraim. Okay. And I'll give you all his information, but he is absolutely amazing. He helped me when my business was truly failing um, after the, you know, the tax issue that I went through. He is a great bookkeeper, and I can tell you he has truly um, <laughs> saved my business. That's awesome. Um, especially when it was time to purchase a home. That's something else um, that entrepreneurs don't think of. When it's time to purchase a home, you have to make sure that, um, you know, your business is set up correctly and that you're paying yourself um, correctly. Because I do see a lot of entrepreneurs who try to purchase homes and no matter how great their credit score is, no matter how great the credit report is, if they don't look right on paper with the IRS, they're not getting approved for home loans. Interesting. So what, what can people do to make sure they get approved for a home loan? Um, the first thing I would do is make sure that you file your taxes. Okay. Um, and make sure that you are incorporated. Okay. And make sure that you are either S-Corp or C-Corp. I'm an S-Corp. Um, so what that means is me and my me and A&B Credit Consultants are two different entities. Right. I am on payroll with A&B Credit Consultants. And A&B Credit Consultants is responsible for paying their own taxes. Right. And Arnita Johnson Hall is responsible for paying her own taxes. Gotcha. Uh, when I went to purchase my home the first time, although I was incorporated, I was an S-Corp. And what that means is Arnita Johnson Hall was still responsible for the taxes um, for A&B Credit Consultants. Uh, and what that also meant was um, when you are a sole proprietor, that means you were just doing business as your company. So that means all of the revenue that you received, with expenses included, you have to pay taxes on that. Okay. When it is separated, okay, when the company is, when the entity is separated and it's S Corp or C Corp, all right, you're only paying for the taxes that the company profited minus expenses. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Interesting. Okay. So, so do you have any advice on how to get approved for a business loan? Yes. Um, one of the first things that I always recommend when applying for a business loan is to make sure that your business looks good on paper. Pretty much okay. all the information um, that I talk about um, in the Get the Business Guide. Okay. And that is, for one, making sure that your taxes, you know, make sure you're looking good there. Um, also, just in case the lender wants to use you as a personal guarantor or if they want to look at your credit to see if your business would even be structured to be able to pay back the loan, make sure that your personal credit is intact as well. Okay. Not all the time will you be asked to be a personal guarantor, but they will or they may, should I say, depending on the lender who's going to extend the business credit to you, um, they may look at your personal credit just to check out your own responsibility, right? right. Um, just to see if you're paying your current bills on time because you are the one that's applying for this business loan um, for your business. Um, another thing that I always recommend 
when applying for business credit is just to make sure that everything is separate, but also make sure that your everything looks good, especially when you have a business checking account. I cannot stress this enough. Do not handle personal each business in your business account. Let me rephrase that because right, I don't want to confuse anyone. All right. Everything that you do with your business should be business-related, business transaction. Everything with your person should be personal. Do not pay yourself from by transferring money from your business account to your personal account. That's not the way to do it. Okay. You need to be either a 1099 or a W-2 employee, okay. and there has to be some type of payroll management processor into it or um, paychecks or ADP or what have you set up with some type of payroll service so that they can um, pull that money out and pay you. Um, I fell victim to doing that. Let's say, oh, well, I made $5,000 for the month and I'm going to pay myself $1,000 just by transferring $1,000 from the business account to my personal account. That is sure. not how that works. Okay. Okay. It has to be documented. But when you're first starting out, like every nickel and dime is almost important, right? But so, yeah. so how do you kind of, I, I guess the question is, is better phrased, like if I have to pay a payroll thing to pay myself, how do you kind of get over that? Like, well, I'm paying somebody to basically transfer me money. I, and I know it's um, the proper way to do things, but... If you're just mm -hmm. kind of starting out and, and you don't really necessarily have that extra cash to, to give to a third party to pay you, how do you work with people or, or what's your justification to actually make sure people do it the proper way? Um, well, companies like Intuit, that's who I use in the very okay. beginning, QuickBooks. Okay. Um, those services are very cheap. Okay. I mean, very affordable. Um, they have like monthly fees associated with them. Um, okay. I think QuickBooks could be as low as like $40 a month. Oh, okay. Um, but you have to have, you can't have a business without having someone on payroll. Like you gotcha. can be penalized okay. for that as well. So let's say even if you want to be, if you want to start out as a 1099 for your business, which was something that I did, you know, early in the beginning, I would write myself a check. Okay. you know, each week. And if you don't have any money starting out, then of course, you know, you can't pay yourself, sure. you know, if that makes sense. Yep. But a business has to have an employee. Like okay. it has to have a contract. It has to have somebody there. Like you can't, you know, you can be penalized for that. So, and if there is, someone working at that company and let's say a lot of times it is us starting out we have to pay taxes on that right so even if you're writing your yourself a check a hundred dollars a week or what have you sure. and you're choosing to be a 1099 employee what contract on excuse me you still have to pay taxes on that Right. It might not be much at the end of it all. You may not owe the IRS anything at all, right. but it has to be documented. OK, no, that makes sense. OK, mm -hmm. so I'm curious, you kind of maybe answered this next question, but when you're a startup, can you pay yourself when you're working a regular nine to five job, but have no income from your company yet? Absolutely. Um, the thing to that is 
if you're not, oh, excuse me, if you're not making any money at all, then there's no way that, you know, you can pay yourself in a sense. All right. Sure. But if you are working your, your own nine to five and you have a business that is making revenue, um, you can pay yourself whether you want to make yourself a, you know, a 1099 contractor or if you want to put yourself on as a W-2 employee. Um, in my opinion, um, you know, a W-2, you know, it may be a tad bit more costly than to just add yourself on as a contractor um, and you're being a 1099 for your business. So you can absolutely absolutely do that. Um, I don't want people to think because I made this same assumption that if my business isn't making any money, then how can I pay myself? But the whole point of us being in business is to pay ourselves, right? So pay yourself something. Um, For one, you have to, but for two, if you don't, then it's going to be a lot more difficult to keep yourself motivated. Sure. Because you're constantly thinking I'm paying all this, I'm putting all this into the business, but I'm not getting anything back. So it's important to pay yourself something anyway, because you have to, um, and it's going to be its own expense when it comes to um, filing taxes. But at the end of it all, you still have to pay yourself something even if you're not making any money it's just going to be deducted from your expenses got you no that makes a lot of sense so the last question i i got asked to ask you was when should an entrepreneur hire help i believe in keeping my overhead as low as possible okay but um you start hiring for help when you can no longer meet demand of doing it yourself Okay. Okay. And you know when that time is. Okay. But do you recommend outsourcing some things to maybe some contractors first before you hire full-time employees or do you offshore some stuff or have a virtual assistant or, or what are your thoughts around some of that stuff? Um, if I definitely find it feasible to having a virtual assistant, um, or if you want to freelance work, I highly recommend doing that first. And well, it all depends on the type of profession that you're in. Sure. Because when I first started my business and when it was time for me to hire someone, I needed someone to work alongside of me. Gotcha. Um, but I hired that, um, the first person I hired was part time. I didn't start hiring full time employees until my company was growing to the point where I needed that to happen. But I was still very strategic before I started to hire someone. So anytime you feel like you cannot handle that load is when you need to start looking to hire someone. You also have to keep in mind that um, when you're starting to get a virtual assistant, Because it's not necessarily going to be as hands-on as someone who was there right next to you that can get that type of training. You have to be, um, you know, very, uh, let's say, hands-on as much as possible with that person so that they can do exactly what you need them to do virtually instead of assuming how things should be done. So I found that to be a challenge for me um, when I started to do the virtual assistant route is, the communication barrier 
because it just couldn't be as hands on because they're not right there looking at it. Got you. Well, we're coming to the end of the show, but I, is there any other advice that you would give people or you see all the time that you would, you want to tell people to do or not do? Um, I would say start now and not later. Don't doubt yourself. Um, really good I doubted myself and I, and, and it hindered me. Um, okay. you also have to keep in mind that not everyone is going to see your vision because the lens are different. Right. So you can't expect, you know, to have these great ideas and then tell, you know, a friend or a relative about it and them not be as excited or motivated as you are because they don't get it. Gotcha. Um, us entrepreneurs, we think different. We're wired different. So learn to self-motivate yourself and start. Don't second guess yourself. You're going to face those trial and errors. Sure. So take those experiences as an experiment and keep going. I think that's really good advice. So let's close the show with mentioning where people can get more information about AMB Credit Consultants, your luxurious credit, your books, and any other links you want to mention. Okay. Um, so if you are interested in um, getting free credit um, and financial advice, um, you can follow Luxurious Credit on all social media outlets. There's um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can also visit our website at luxuriouscredit.com. And from there, you can also purchase um, our products as far as on the Luxurious Credit Guide and the Business Guide. And if you're interested in fixing um, your personal credit and you would like a professional to assist you with that, our services, AMB Credit Consultants, will be honored to be a part of your credit journey. And you can also uh, find us on social media such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter um, at AMB Credit. A is an Apple, M is a Mary, B is in Boy Credit. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping Thank in touch you. with you. Thank you. And have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks, Thanks for much. having me. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at buildingthefutureshow.com to join the free community, sign up for our newsletter, or to sponsor the show. The music is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.